0: We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. He have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the youngest diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey guys. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right?
1: We are less than a week away from the NFL draft. Get excited, people. Get your mock drafts out there. The wait is almost over. This last four or five days is going to be a long four or five days, but I am incredibly excited for this. Um, We are also just – this is uh, an important episode for Underage Packers because this is the first episode we are making uh, after being around for two years pat on the back for ourselves right there um our two-year anniversary for the show was this thursday april 21st now we are uh, in year two <laughs> kind of crazy to think about yeah uh but i am joey and joining me my co-host as usual for this draft preview episode is big b how are you feeling today feeling amazing
0: how are you doing today
1: I, I am great. I got my Dr. Pepper with me. That's all I need to be feeling good, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's a Carefree Friday right now. So that's always fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, some random stuff that we've missed since our last episode uh, that we did, which was an episode that we did with Tyler Brooke um, from SB Nation. And he also just picked up a new gig, but we talked with Tyler basically saying that, look, Me and Big B, we don't know a lot about the draft. Can you tell us? So um, make sure you watch that because just a fair warning in this episode, we're not going to tell you anything new about prospects specifically. Our goal will be the same as all of our episodes are, even during the regular season where we're previewing games of, we're going to present the information that you probably know, but we're going to present it in a Packers-directed way, And in a way that is fun, we're going to have a good time with it. So hopefully uh, we're able to achieve that today and hopefully you enjoy it. So talking about some stuff we've missed since then, we'll talk about the draft because obviously it is an exciting event. So let's hop right into it. Um, And I wanted to talk about a very important thing. I I guess I wanted to put out a public statement or a, a PSA. I forget what PS stands for. I'm not even, it's a PSA, all right? People, if you are unfamiliar with the, this meme on NFL Twitter where there is a guy who looks like Larry Fitzgerald, he's got dreads, he's kind of tall, he's got a suitcase and of them, and he's like checking in at an airport. If you have not seen that picture used in a tweet that likes that it has a caption like, X player has been spotted at X airport, to possibly sign with a team. I don't know where you have been. Like, have you been living under a rock? I don't know how you have been on NFL Twitter for this long and have not seen this picture use. And I thought this was common knowledge. I thought everybody was familiar enough with it where, you know, obviously nobody's going to be tricked by it, but they'll find it funny. Oh, it's that same meme. Ha, ha, ha. But I was, I was completely wrong. There's apparently a lot of people that have not seen this because I tweeted out on the underage Packers Twitter account. Make sure to follow us there, by the way. Uh, I tweeted out on there um, that I tweeted out that picture with a caption. Debo's uncle, Sebo Samuel, just posted this photo of Debo at Austin Straubel airport, which Austin Straubel is the Green Bay airport. And it did, it did some good numbers, 712 likes, but a lot of these replies, are something like that, like oh, they—they're pointing out that um, there's a sign in the airport that says "Hurts Boston," so this couldn't be Austin Trouble Airport. But also, it looks—it looks absolutely nothing like Debo Samuel. And also, just the fact that we put Sibo is his uncle's name, folks. <laughs> you saw Sibo, and you thought, Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess that makes sense. I guess his dad is probably Mebo. <laughs> what? So what, uh, so people really got, they really were thrown for a loop in this one. Um, and I, I mean, like, let me see here. Yeah. Obviously a lot of people pointed out, it says it's Boston. Thanks, folks. You Thanks, Shakespeare. Or no, um, what's, what's a detective's name? Anyways, I won't mow on this for too long, but educate yourself. Understand this. Have the critical thinking skills that I was taught in ninth grade history class two years ago. Critical thinking. It really comes in handy with the internet, folks. Um, but I thank you for the confusion in the comments that got us a lot of engagement. So
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of um, dumb people out there, should I say? And yeah. it was just very fun looking through the comments and seeing how many people actually like believed it and took it so serious. It it was great. It was great.
1: It was. And also, like Debo's requested a trade. Like, why would he be in Green Bay for? A visit? Like, why would he go visiting place? Hey, man. People will believe the wildest stuff out
0: there. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> now, on to uh, some other stuff. Um, before we talk about the Sammy Watkins signing, I wanted to talk about another thing that went on on Twitter. Uh, this happened a few weeks ago, but there's, you know, there's people that aren't on Twitter, so they probably missed out on this, this phenomenal moment where Zedaria Smith, he quote tweeted uh, a video from the Minnesota Vikings account uh, account. Where it was of uh, defensive tackle Brian O'Neill? So Zedarius quote tweets quote tweets us and he says, "Let's go, Big B," which I assume Big B is also the nickname from for Brian O'Neill. So um, that's original, um, but obviously Big B took this low-hanging fruit, and he replies to Zedarius, "Thank you for your support, Z. Green heart, yellow heart emoji like." Oh my god. Just a phenomenal moment that I thought was needed to be shared on this show. Yes.
0: It it was a perfect opportunity
1: to attack it.
0: And I think I think I um handled
1: it very well. It it was I mean, even if like you aren't familiar for people that aren't familiar with you, like just on Zadarius' account and like <laughs> his username is Big B. That that's pretty funny. You know. Yes. And I also would love the idea of, like, if people thought you took that seriously and they were, like, you didn't know how Twitter worked and you were like, oh, thanks, C. That's <laughs> yeah. funny to imagine.
0: And whoever's nickname, other than me, is Big B, they're just a rip off of me. They just want to be me. They want to be exactly my level. And they're not.
1: They're, they're Yeah, right. they're true it's it's really impossible to they're they're trying their best but i I, it just doesn't work like that yes um so there's that maybe we you know like there's just so many moments that go like untalked about you know you know especially because we don't meet every week now like for episodes so we, we gotta highlight those uh great twitter moments when we can now on to the packers signing wide receiver Sammy Watkins, me and Big B already talked about this in a video we made on the day of the signing, which was April 14th. So last Wednesday, I was literally walking around in the mall on spring ba- break uh, when I got that notification and I went to Chick-fil-A priorities first, and then I rushed home to make this video uh, that we made on Sammy Watkins. So we're not going to talk about it for too long, but it's great for the Packers to have this flexibility in the draft. And also, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. You know, he's been in the league for seven or eight years now, I think. I remember him first coming out as a rookie out of Clemson and then playing with Buffalo, and then his career like slowly falling down. But that doesn't matter. He's going to be a great wide receiver for the Packers. You yeah. know, that, that's that's the important part here. Uh and it's it's a better, you know, free agency period for the Packers than last year, I guess you could say, because last year the only signing the Packers made in free agency was long snapper Joe Fortunato. And he didn't even win the long snapper battle out of camp. So, you know, there's that. So we signed Ron Reed. We signed Sammy Watkins. Two uh, players at positions of need there. You'll love to see it. Mm -hmm. Now, it is time to talk about the draft. I was talking with Big V before we started recording this, that this episode needs to match the energy of right when the draft is starting, Commissioner Raj just came up to the stage and, you know, he put his hand on that podium and he said, you know, he probably delivered some corporate message from the NFL. But then he says, the NFL draft is now open. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock and the crowd goes nuts, at least in the pre-pandemic days. And now we're back to that. We're going to have a great crowd there in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's going nuts. It's awesome. Uh, Twitter is set ablaze already, and you know you got Mel Kiker, you got Daniel Jeremiah. You're switching between the channels, and they're telling you about a player that might go number one, might go number two, even though you already know who's going to go number one because they've been talking about it for the last five months. But you know <laughs> it's all excitement all around, and you got your pizza, you got your wings, you got your Dr Pepper's all laid out on the table, and the hype is just ungodly levels. So we need this episode, this draft talk to match that energy. It probably won't, Mm -hmm. or at least I'll be very hypocritical of the episode when I go back to listen to it when I'm editing, but let's just, let's just have a fun time talking about the draft. We'll talk about uh, our draft crushes here. Just in a second, we'll talk about should the Packers trade up or down. We'll talk about the people that we hate during the draft process talk about uh, some mid-round moves for the Packers and then we'll make some bold predictions just for the sake that we can revisit them in a week or so and say we were right. Mm-hmm. Big B, are you ready to hop into this draft talk? Oh man, I was born ready. Let's let's do it. You were born ready. All right, then let's hear your draft crushes. I want to hear two of your draft crushes on offense and two on defense.
0: All right, I'm going to go with offense first, and my first one is Trevor Penning. Um, I like his toughness. I like his physicality. I like the physical guys. I like the guys who will get in your face and talk a little bit of trash. Love them guys. And my other one kind of fits that same mold. George Pickens. I love me some George Pickens. He is a bully. I love him. He might have some um, character issues, but we don't have to talk about that that's uh, that's not important right now right and then on defense I'm gonna go with my first one with Nicobe Dean he flies around the field he really reminds me of Devin White and him next to Devondre Campbell
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh my god I need it I need it I need to watch it every Sunday it would be absolutely beautiful and for my second one on defense I'm gonna say Lewis Louisine as well from Georgia Three Georgia players—they—they just pumping out the amazing football players down there. I don't know what they're doing down there, but it's pretty wild, I would say.
2: Uh, Lewisine,
0: yeah. you will um, knock your head off, and I love them type of DBs. Love the hard hitting DBs. Give me all of them.
1: Exactly. Let's let's put infuse some aggressiveness, some. You know, not Bontez Perfect level, maybe, or Pac-Man Jones, but the, the Bengals in those days. But, you know, let's like let's just get some attitude, some nasty on this defense. I'm all here for that. We got the key pieces. You got Devondre. You got Jair. You got Rasul. You got Eric Stokes developing. You got my one of my favorite players in Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark on the line. Let's just infuse a bad mofo now onto that defense. I'm a, I'm, I am like Louisine there as a pick. Yeah, so that's, um, that's
0: why I liked um, Josh Jones a couple of years ago. Packard legend. <laughs> man, he always um, knocked some people's heads off.
1: He did, you know, he did. And I I almost think there was a little bit of potential there that the Packers and the the Mike McCarthy days and the Ted, time, you know, like they, they wanted to avoid those nasty players a little bit, which I get. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like his talented would be limited. I'm not saying that he had the potential to be, I don't know, like, you know, Ed Reed or Ray Lewis. Um, but, you know, just I maybe Josh Jones' talented was limited. I'm not sure. Yes.
0: But, but moral moral of my story is I like them dogs, you know.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, for my draft crushes here, I have uh, on defensive side of the ball, I have George Carlifaitis out of Purdue. He's an edge rusher. This is just one guy that I've loved watching his highlights, like I said at the top of this episode. We don't have any, like, great draft knowledge to tell you about, but this is just one guy, like I said, who, man, him with Sean Gary and Preston Smith is just a dream uh, trio of past rushers. I uh, Like, I don't even think he has to take too much time to develop. I I really think... Like you put him out there on the line and he's like a bull seeing red. He'll just like get after that quarterback, be a big fan of George. Uh, and then you also have Daxton Hill from Michigan, who, you know, I originally fell in love with Jalen Petre out of Oregon. Um, but I think Daxton Hill is him on crack um, or to say it more professionally, Daxton Hill is Jalen Petre just a more smoother well-rounded out prospect. He was a uh, five-star recruit out of a high school, not that that matters, but uh, he's a great player and can definitely fill that need for the Packers at a long-term safety if they do end up having to move on from either Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos after this year, um, and for this year at least can play slot safety and also dime backer On the offensive side of things, I had a tough time just choosing a singular um you know, out, out of the many receivers and offensive tackles that will be available to the Packers. I had a tough time, uh, but I went with Christian Watson out of North, North Dakota state, like six foot five. um, Just a guy that can make the tight catches um, big time playmaker. um, And yeah, I'm pretty much just describing what a wide receiver does, but you know, he's really good. That boy. Nice. Go watch his YouTube highlights. Then I went with Trey Leon Burks out of Arkansas. Big guy. Big guy at wide receivers. Exactly fits the Packers type. Great run blocker as well. And uh, very aggressive catch. Um, at least for me, I guess you could say he's Calvin Johnson. Uh, he pretty much is Calvin Johnson. He's better than Calvin Johnson. He's going to be the next Packers Hall of Fame wide receiver. Write it down right now. There is my draft crushes for you. I re-
0: I really like um, George Koloffis because I saw somewhere that he could potentially fill that Zadarius role and we could move him around, um, line him yes. up over the center and stuff. And when I heard that, I don't care what we do. I really want him in a Packers uniform. But, yeah, I found that very interesting.
1: Yeah, it was really a shame how Zadarius' season played out, obviously, this year just because it was going to be so exciting that we now had a pretty much fully developed Rashawn Gary, that guy to the left of me. And then, you know, Preston Smith was coming off a down year, but we all know him, you know, he's got to have a bad year. And then a good year. He's a every other year type guy. And then we had Cedarius. We had three great pass pressures. We could have moved Cedarius all around the line with Joe Barry's new defense. And then Cedarius goes down in camp, doesn't, Plays a little bit in week one and then doesn't return until the divisional loss in the offense sucked that game. Obviously, we could talk about that game all day. But anyways, yeah. Thank it you. was <laughs> sorry to bring that back up. But yeah, it was a shame to see the series go down. And um, yeah, uh, edge is definitely gonna be a need for the Packers this year. Uh just to have depth there at the very least. So we don't have to rely on tip and Uh, Jonathan Garvin, who I love, but they need better depth there. And also, like we were just talking about, what was had promised to be be a rotational piece.
0: And as well, don't forget about Randy Ramsey. He's coming off that injury. He is a very good special teamer, um, and I think that he could fill that um, third outside linebacker role, potentially if he does come back healthy. I'm very excited to see what he does coming back.
1: Randy Ramsey comeback season, am I right? You know, people are excited about getting Jair Alexander back, Robert Tunyon back. It's Randy Ramsey comeback season, folks. That's an important player. Yes. Um, he's the best, he's right. the
0: best Ramsey in the NFL.
1: Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty fair take. Yes. Um, now, next up on the things to talk about. Will the Packers trade up or down? Will they be moving around? I'm sure they will at some point in this draft, but specifically in the first round. Um, besides 2021, um, Brian Gutekunst has traded up in all of his uh, drafts. You know, he had trading uh, up uh, to from pick 28 to pick 18 to select Jair Alexander in 2018. Then in 2019, trading up. From, what was it, 26 to 21 to select Darnell Savage. And then in 2020, trading up from 29 to 26 to select Jordan Love. And then, you know, nothing in 2021. But he's some aggressive guy. Big B, do you think that trend continues in 2022? Or do you think he stays put or moves down?
0: I'm going to say he stays put at 22. But he will move the, the 28th pick. I don't know if it's hmm. going to be up or down. I have a feeling it's going to be down, but I have a feeling 28th pick. We're not going to stay at 28 is all I'm saying.
1: I I completely agree with you. I could see the one case, and I'd really hate this, but the one case I I think that would make sense for them um, would be at trading uh both 28 and 22, moving up a big boy spot, uh, to select a wide receiver. But that just does not seem like the Packers, uh, something they would do. But who knows? Maybe they are just, like, dying to get, uh, like, Jamison uh, Williams, uh, Garrett Wilson. Maybe they're just dying to get one of those guys that they think is going to go higher and they want to get them. They could also trade up just 22, maybe get to pick 15 just to get ahead of the New Orleans Saints now. Uh, get ahead of them so they can select Chris Olave. Um, I, I think wide receiver is one that would make sense for them to do a trade up for. Um, I would agree with you though. I think they're going to say put at 22, 28, I could definitely see going either way. Um, trading down would make sense just for the case where it's like, um, obviously it depends what they end up doing at 22, but at 28, if they're like, you know what, we don't like any of these players that much or, we think we can get the player we want right now, uh, early on in round two. Let's trade down, get the most value possible. So, um, you know, I, I, at least we have the comfortability this year that they're probably not going to trade out of the second, uh, the first round two times. Probably not going to do that. So we won't be staying up all night just for them to trade down. That oh my
0: god! Imagine though, imagine
1: Imagine. Oh, oh she- my god. That, that that's awful i remember the kevin king year, <laughs> oh, man. 2017 you know you got ryan Ramchek, t.j Watt on the board that's not the important part but just like oh they can still get this guy like you're just for the five picks ahead you're like oh please don't take them they don't and then you get to the packers selection Nah, we'll trade down <laughs> like they couldn't do that at like eight o'clock when the thing started like geez. exactly you know, like, I'm fine with you doing that, Ted, but just just give me a warning, you know? You don't have to tell anybody else. Just tell me so I'm not staying up. Like, I mean, I'd probably watch the rest of the draft anyways, but it's just that hope. And then you're sitting there at 11 o'clock, and you're like, well, guess I'll have that leftover pizza now. <laughs> so, there's that hope. That's, that, that's a good part, though. We don't have to worry about that happening for this year. Um. Now let's talk about rounds two or three, because obviously there's a lot of talk around what the Packers will do on day one at, for good reason, you know, the picks 22 and 28 are going to be the exciting ones. And then also 50, 53 and 59. But what about the 92nd? What about the 100 and so odd number? They have two fourth round picks. How exciting. Um, so I guess I'll ask you, Big B, what are some positions you think that after they get their main needs addressed at wide receiver, safety, edge in the first few rounds, what are some positions you think the Packers might be looking at then?
0: Um, Probably offensive tackle. I don't see them going offensive tackle high because I do think mm. they will give um Yash the opportunity at right tackle yes. before um Elton comes back, and then I think Elton will take over. So I don't think right tackle is a – Um, first round need, I Mm. guess you would say. I definitely see them taking one like Abe Lucas in the second or third round.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah, offensive tackle is an interesting one. And this is just, again, one of those positions that just depends on who is available. That's what all of the draft depends on. So that that will be a tough one, an interesting one to watch. Um, the, The greatest example of that is in 2020 when the Packers, really needed a wide receiver, but they just kept on getting like in a position where they're like, nah, we can't do much. Here. You know, you recall in the first round when they traded up and, you know, you can believe what you want. You can believe the rumor that they originally traded up for Brandon Ayuk or Justin Jefferson. And then one of them went, you can believe that rumor. I don't want to believe that rumor. I believe that they had the intention to trade up and select short and left, but they, were very high on Brandon Ayuk. They were very high on Justin Jefferson for a good reason and they weren't able to select one. Then fast forward to round two, and Denzel Mims keeps on falling. Well, there was a, ra- a run on wide receivers early on in round two. I mean, you had T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, but then Denzel Mims, you're looking at him and you're like, shoot, this guy was supposed to be like a first-round pick. And he keeps on falling. Didn't sell Mims from Baylor. He falls all the way until pick 59, and the Jets take him, which was like three picks before the Packers. And it's easy to say, well, why didn't they trade up? He's fallen so far. But I mean, for one, there had to be a reason he was falling. And two, just because a trade didn't end up being successful doesn't mean they weren't calling. It takes two to tangle. Tango so Like it's Hard to say so and then at That point when the Packers were on the clock it Was like you know we're Going to have to end up reaching on wide receiver If we take one here so Like we'll we'll go with A.J. Dillon not that they didn't want A.J. Dillon but it didn't Make sense for them to take a wide receiver there So point in case being Like just so much of this Depends on who is there Obviously and that sometimes can lead to having needs going unaddressed, which is exactly why they signed Sammy Watkins. So they don't have to reach on somebody. Thank you. Thanks for coming to my two minute Ted talk, my Ted brief. Um, as far as, thank you. As far as uh, my answer to my own question about what the Packers look for on day two or day three, I would definitely look at tight end just because, um, you know, Jay Sternberger did not pan out. But I do think the tight end room is an interesting one um, because it's just so many players that are question marks almost. Uh, like, you know what you have in Mercedes Lewis, big dog, I love him. But, like, the Packers have been giving him one-year contracts year after year for a reason. They don't know when he's going to retire. They don't know when he's just, like, so somehow age is going to finally catch up to him. But then also you have Josiah DeGuarra, who was pretty much, I guess you could say in his red shirt rookie year last year, Um, still a question mark there. I still think he can be great in the receiving great game. Um, you know, he was shaky uh, at H back last year for what we drafted him for, uh, at least compared to Dominique Daphne, who is another question mark. He might be a guy who's, almost a fringe roster guy every year, just because it's like, could we use Robert Tunyon or Josiah DeGara in this situation instead of Dom? Like, is his roster spot really needed? Um, But I'm I'm a big fan of Dom Daphne. Whoever hacked his Twitter account, give it back now. Um, And then you also have Tyler Davis, who is also kind of another version of Dominique Daphne. Love me some Tyler Davis action. There's just a lot of question marks there. So drafting the tight end, not only to be a pass catcher, another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to add into that game, but also just to give you a little more comfort in mind about the future of the tight end position. See them going there. Other than that, it's, I, I really think they're going to build on depth um, for this year's draft. I would be surprised if even outside of, you know, they get their Christian Watson or their Chris Olave early on at wide receiver, but then also uh, at least I would I would say two more wide receivers day two and day three. Um, so th- that'll certainly be interesting to watch how the Packers attacked the middle to late rounds. All right, now it is time for our bold predictions. Maybe I got no guidelines for you. Let's just hear... Your bold predictions, whether it's a player the Packers are going to take, whether it's a position the Packers aren't going to take, or, you know, just just lay it out for us. Your bold prediction, it can be for night one, night two. Let's hear it.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with the Packers will take Khalil Shakir from Boise State Mm
1: -hmm. in this
0: year's draft. He will be a Green Bay Packer. I am booking it right here.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I, sh- I should have prepared this before, but mm, I'm going to say the Packers are going to move up in round two.
0: Ooh.
1: Interesting. That just came out of the top of my mind. But trade up in round two because, you know, some player is going to be falling. It's going to be like Denzel Mims a few years ago. And suddenly the Packers are going to trade up from. That's my bold prediction here. Um, thank you. Speaking of bold predictions, um, and players falling, there are are, there's a certain sector of the internet when it comes to the draft that just simply cannot process the fact that the draft does not go to plane. And no matter how many like scouting reports you read or how much film you watch on YouTube, you, nobody has any idea how this draft stuff is going to go. So then those people who were never told when they were a little kid that the world doesn't revolve about around them and they're, ne- they're not always right, you see, like then they make it their mission to go on Twitter, go on YouTube and let everyone know they are wrong. Everyone who has an idea that is that doesn't agree with the preconceived notions of how the draft is going to go, oh those people are after them and see parents, this is important to tell your your you know your little boogers all right that the world doesn't revolve about them because or else they're going to go out there and they're going to grow up to be one of these you know yeah you know. Just, the, the, you know those uh, <laughs> i don't like to use a lot of words right now <laughs> <laughs> and this frustration for me mainly comes from publishing draft content on YouTube you. and sp- spending a unreasonable amount of time on Twitter. um you know, if I had more of a life, this probably wouldn't be a problem for me, but you see, there are these people out there who if you you know, suggest that the Packers are going to take this player, a team's going to take this player. They'll be like, that is never going to happen. How stupid are you? And you see, my favorite version of this is, uh, you know, oh, that, that player's never going to be available there. Why would you think that? Like, folks, have you ever watched an NFL draft before? Like, okay, I get it. In my first mock draft when I had Jordan Davis going in the second round, sure, you're fine to tell me all of that nonsense. (laughs) But like Jermaine Johnson in the first round at a certain pick or, you know, Chris Olave at a certain pick in the first round. To a certain extent, it's like you have no idea how this is going to go. If we had a good idea of how the draft was going to go, there would be no point to watch it. Like – I know you have 60 mock drafts. I know you've read every single one because you think it's valuable content. Mm-hmm. But like I I cannot get past the the frustration I have with people that think they know how this is going to go. Yes. Um and I'm not shutting down anybody who has an opinion to share. But look, the draft is an absolutely crazy process crazy event when you think about it these teams are choosing players making decisions in a span of 10 minutes in the first round that will affect our franchise's future for the next 10 years especially if they have a top 10 pick like that is an incredibly important decision that can be changed in a matter of seconds your plan can be completely destroyed in a matter of two selections, if you have your eyes on a quarterback or on a, a key pass rusher. So that's why these people, there's that's why there's only 32 NFL general managers. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an incredibly tough job. And while you think, you can think that you're all smart because you watch 10 minutes on YouTube of highlights, or, you know, maybe you even watch the game. You watched all college football games this season. Like these are incredibly tough decisions that they have, you know, there's a whole team of scouts, whole team of front office personnel that are making these decisions to correctly evaluate the prospects, make the right moves straight up from. So you have no idea how it's going to go. There's going to be unexpected things that happen like I was talking about earlier, Denzel Mims falling, Christian Barmore falling uh, two years ago, uh, or uh, Josh Jones, offensive tackle from University of Houston, who is going to be like a late first-round prospect and fell to the third round. You don't got – nobody has any idea how this is going to go. Players are going to fall. Players are going to go higher than expected. And then those same people are going to publish draft grades – some nonsense like that the next day and tell everybody why this is the stupidest election of all time without seeing them play a single snap in their NFL career, it's going to happen. So,
0: And that's that's why nobody likes PFF. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. That's what I have to say about this. Um, Whenever I think of draft grades and the idiocy of like most draft content I think of a guy who had gotten in an argument and was a bears fan. And he was like, it was the offseason of 2020 following the draft. And he was like, the Packers are probably going to go six and 10 this year because we didn't draft a wide receiver. And he, he literally used in his argument. He took screenshots of PFFs draft grades and showed me like Jordan Love had like a D minus and AJ Dillon an F I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? like and then i i ended up winning the argument just because (laughs) this was mean of me but i just like i i looked at his profile picture because it was him at disneyland and like mickey mouse ears so i just saved his profile picture i just put that in a tweet in a response to him didn't say any words with it just sent that back and he blocked me so i was that was that was uh kind of cruel of me but it was needed you know sometimes you need to make fun of people if they want to use draft grades in a serious argument correct yeah you know like sometimes it's needed
0: this has nothing to do with the conversation or the argument you just have but that reminds uh-huh. me of the time when i got an argument with somebody i just got sick of arguing with them so i just every time he replied i just replied with congratulations you just won a prize every single time until he shut it up
1: <laughs> it worked i mean that's fun yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, i mean really thank god for the mute button on twitter and i i use that very liberally um you know i don't want to block them they can still like my stuff but you know i don't want to hear from them i don't you know <laughs> That's our that's my rant. Big B. Anything you want to add, any slander you want to throw on draft grades, it would be fun to look back at draft grades um and just see how wrong they were from the past few years. That would that would be a lot of fun. But any other thoughts you want to add here?
0: Um no, not really. Uh yeah, you just don't know what's gonna happen in the draft. And Packers that. pretty much will go any position they want to. And it wouldn't shock me any position you can name. I wouldn't be shocked except quarterback, any other position. I wouldn't be shocked at them selecting. And that's why I selected the quarterback in my mock draft and nobody cares what you.
1: Right. You know, I was like, you know, when you, you selected a quarter in your latest mock draft and uh, the last one, I was like, "Eh, I don't exactly agree with that, but anything, you know, like, like you just said, besides quarterback, running back, tight end just because of how the position is this year. Really any other position besides that I could see them taking it in the first round. You know, there there's certain ones that you could pick out that are much more likely than the others. But who knows? Hey, and I
0: and I even gave some valid points on why right, selecting right. wouldn't be the worst possible um, scenario in the first round and I still get yelled at for taking a corner. Not, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had, you had some good defense. Yes. Uh, uh, now speaking of unexpected things uh, I wanted to bring this up. You know, we, I'm sure we brought this back up last year when we were previewing the draft, but um, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, it is was uh, just recently our two year anniversary of the show. And on our very second episode, we had our friend Norman on, which we're now both great friends with. Um, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> you pretend to be friends with him. Yes. Uh, j- just not to cause any conflict. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we were talking with Norm and we had him on to preview our draft, preview the 2020 draft. And, it was a fun time. We had, we had some great conversations. But uh, and I, I went back and listened to this whole episode, which was interesting to listen to. Uh, just because of difference in our voices from now uh, compared to then. <laughs> uh, and also, we were much better at podcasting in general than I thought we were. There were on our second episode, I was like, Dane, that's actually a pretty good job. Besides the software we were using.
0: Yes, um, Deciding, having to stop every like 10 minutes to reenter the thing, you
1: know, we were, you know <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we were better off than I thought we were, but anyways, not,
0: not being cocky
1: or anything, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, talked about, we added in our script to talk about Jordan love. And we did a round table asking everybody, all right, do the Packers select a quarterback this year, specifically Jordan love. Um, Trying to, I, you know, there was also talk of us possibly taking uh, Jake Fromm or also Jacob Eason for two, like, kind of mid-round quarterbacks that year. So we just asked, you know, do we take a quarterback this year? And we had some interesting answers. So I want to play that clip. Big question: Does Ro- Green Bay look for Rodgers' replacement this year? Possibly Jordan Love at 30?
0: Um, I say no. There Rodgers has. Our Rogers wants to play until he's forty. I don't think right now would be a good um, idea, especially the way to start first round pick on a quarterback. Even though we did that in two thousand five, but I just don't see it. Mm-hmm.
2: What are your thoughts? Uh, I, you know what? I'll tell you something that I think is interesting. If Jordan Love is there at thirty, which first of all, I don't even think he's going to make it to thirty. But who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the Packers social media fans if they traded <laughs> up to get Jordan Love, let alone take him at 30. But anyway, um, that's a really interesting pick at 30. And something i like to mention here is I I really understand the pick. I think Aaron Rodgers would understand the pick. Um, and I know a lot of people like to focus on, you know, his like, quote unquote window that he has left. Um, I The Packers are still going to be a football team after, um, you know. <laughs> after he's gone, and I'm not saying that they have to take a quarterback early in this draft, but I think that's Mm -hmm. something they should maybe look to do, and especially if, let's say, Jordan Love is, like, the best player available at 30. You know, all the other guys that are available, they have, like, mid-second-round grades on or stuff like that, and then, you know, as for trade offers, maybe they don't get a good trade offer from a team. Like, I if Jordan Love is the best player available, and I it's not the hottest need right now, but you just you know, and that's another guy, like another reason to take him if he's there, if he's the best player available. Let's say let's say Rogers goes down for like three games. Do we like mm-hmm. come on? We all love you know the Tim Boyle Tim Boyle laser show, but like, <laughs> yeah, is is he really gonna get us over that hump of you know, maybe three or four games if Rodgers has a minor injury? And I'm not saying Jordan Love will, but I just like his chances mm-hmm. better than Tim Boyle's and it it would just give, you know, everyone knows that's paid attention to Jordan Love. He has a humongous ceiling, but we don't know what his yes. floor is, and I think that's going to scare a lot of teams away. So,
1: Norman, Norman, freaking Gratz out there saying, not only that if the Packers really like him, they'll take him, but also my favorite comment: this Packers podcast Hall of Fame. Norman Gratz on the second episode of what was formerly called the Acme Packers Podcast. Norman says. I cannot even imagine Packers social media fans if the Packers trade up for Jordan Love. <clears throat> oh, my God. The man
0: is from the future. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He he truly is. Mm-hmm. That is just an amazing comment. And I, I will remember that night, specifically like just that five minutes uh, from the Packers trading up and being like, oh, is it uh, – it must be Patrick Queen because he's around later than I thought he would be. Or maybe Kenneth – or no, Kenneth was already gone by that time. It was a little bit like, shoot, what are they doing? Ayuk and Jefferson just went. Uh, what, what, are they getting a wide receiver? But my brother Dave, who I was watching with, went to our basement, and he's like, oh, it's love. Not not because he knew where I like Twitter leaks or anything. He's like he he just wanted you know to like get on my nerves. So it's like no, it's it's not Jordan. And then just like I could tell as soon as Roger, uh, like as soon as I heard the J O, I knew it. It's like oh my god. And I I really just stood in shock there for a few seconds. <laughs> yes, same. And then there was not a single moment until day three when they selected John Runyon, those offensive linemen. There was not a single moment, like, or Kamal Martin, I guess, who I was happy for, but like every pick, Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, it took me a little bit to uh, come to terms with those.
0: Oh, yes. I, I was. Uh, I will admit I was crying when we picked AJ Dillon because I knew my boy's time was over and I was sad. I didn't want it to end. Ugh. And it unfortunately ended. And just not a good night. It's not a good night. Okay?
1: Yeah. I was really just like, what in God's name is happening right now? It's <laughs> like, and I understand that, you know, like, because I remember, like somebody was well, Josiah is pretty much just a fullback. AJ Dillon, you know, and I understood AJ Dillon uh, for the reason of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were coming up on contract, or Jamal Williams were coming up on contract years. The goat. Oh god, and you know, I understood that reason. I was like, why in the second round? Man, 2020 draft, a memorable one for Packers fans. I, you know, you can at the very least say that. Yes. That is where we're going to end off this episode. We'll probably have some more draft content this week, but not an episode until draft night. So you better soak this one up people. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, episode 102 of the underage Packers podcast. It was a great time. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or leave a good rating on the Spotify or the, Apple podcast account. I actually, I just rechecked uh, the Apple podcast ratings for the first time in forever. And like the only one that has like a written review, uh, I, I need to pull it up right now because it's hilarious. It's just like very blunt. And it's basically just like, this was the worst podcast I ever listened to. And my ears are bleeding right now. Let me pull this one up right now.
0: You got me curious. I don't look at this stuff, so you got me curious now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So overall, we have a three point four star rating out of five, uh, six total ratings. But Jern Athern on November twenty seventh, twenty twenty one said, "Awful, just awful, with the heading. Don't even try." Oh, jeez. That, that was pretty cruel. Try. What?
0: What? 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 <laughs> oh my god.
1: All and right. I even like. I I went back and listened to, like, the episode be recorded on the most recent date so the one he probably listened to. And I was like, this this wasn't a bad episode. So (laughs) I don't get it. But there's that. Turn public perception around. Leave us a good rating on Apple Podcasts. You can now rate on Spotify, too. So make sure you do that. And uh, follow us on all the social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know the deal. You know the routine. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go.